is Existential, a podcast aimed at reminding you that it's okay to be human. We listen to human stories and human experiences, and we wrestle with issues of justice, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Corey Leak. Thanks for listening. episode of Existential. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're all listening and grateful for uh, the opportunity to continue to have these conversations that are like, uh, I don't know, restoring a sense of humanity to the world, I think. You know, we're like being human beings, having human conversations, changing our minds, talking about new stuff, and I don't know, putting it all on the table, I guess. And speaking of of like, you know, talking about stuff and and really putting everything out there. Uh, our friend is back, Nicole Serrano, my one of my one of my favorite artists and people in the entire world. Nicole is back with us. Nicole, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what eight thirty for you? <laughs> I know, right? Like I was like, um, I, when I woke up this morning, I was like, why did I do eight o'clock? Because <laughs> my body doesn't start to really really function till nine. Okay. Um, but so you know, got 45 minutes to stumble around, <laughs> but it was important to talk to you. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're back and you're doing all right. You're good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for making time for me. Yeah, absolutely. So you got new projects you're working on new music. Mm-hmm. Um, are yeah. you doing, so this is what I've been curious about with artists now, right? Like, because I'm, you know, I'm old enough to have bought cassette tapes and we're like, you know, cassette tapes, you had to listen to the whole, you had to listen to the whole thing. So yeah. like, you had to make, you had to make, you know, 12 good songs, or at least yeah. you had to think they were good. And we didn't, you know, I mean, maybe four of them were good, but we had to listen to the whole thing. Now it seems like artists are doing like a bunch of like singles, like, and, you know, you release singles here and there. And, and, and is it, is it, does it feel like, do you feel like you don't need to or have as much pressure to put out full albums or like you feel the freedom to just do I'm going to do a song because I feel like doing it and I can put it out there immediately so the problem is that nobody has the attention span anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> um, I love listening to a full record as much as I like just queuing up like my favorite song mm-hmm. but yeah so I'm, I've been working on a full length record um and my team is very smart and they're like you spent a bunch of money on this thing let's make sure each song has a chance so which i didn't like because i like the you know rolling out the narrative and here's a story and here's like Mm -hmm. this one but you know what it's fine um so i'm gonna have five singles before the whole record comes out so um I think we just had two, so there's three more, and then the full length will be out by October. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I mean, I really, like, I love, love your work, love your music. Um, You know, it's, it's, so I, I will do a lot of shuffling, you know, through, like, I'll just, you know, shuffle, and especially on planes, uh, because it helps me, helps me go to sleep, and I skip a lot, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of a music hoarder. Like I won't, I won't like get rid of songs that I don't ever really listen to or want to hear. Just skip them. Um, yeah, I just skip them. Yeah. And 
every time, no matter how many times I've heard your songs, when your music comes up, I, I like, I listen to it. Cause I'm like, and it's not just because I know you, it's because like they're good songs. Thank you know, I just, I just really enjoy the work that you're putting out. Yeah. Um, most recently, um, the single, was it, is it nice to meet you? Is that what you just put out? Yeah. And that one had, does that one have like a, a, a whole ass story behind it? Like, yeah. was that, was that like all intentional? Yeah. That, well, I, I don't know. So I, um, <clears throat> oh, my brain right now. <laughs> I felt brand at all month. <laughs> but no, that song honestly started as like a little mini therapy session by myself. Mm. Um, actually, all of these songs that are going to be on this record were songs to myself. Mm. And I had been writing them for, you know, over the course of, I think, three years. And coming to terms with my sexuality, my gender, my, all of that, and also growing up in the church, it's a lot to unpack. And um, most people don't know how to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like me and my guitar and my studio and like just trying to say the most honest thing. And yeah, so that song was like, hey, it's nice to meet you, me singing it to myself. And also... Mm -hmm. To anybody else who maybe felt like they knew me but felt like there was a wall or they can only get so far or brand new people you know like it just kind of felt like an invitation song of mm. this is who I've always been and who I am and and I'm finally saying it you know yeah so that was my big coming out song yeah that's it's so beautiful like I I'm I mean I don't, I don't like the, sometimes I don't like what it, what it sounds like when you say I'm proud of you because it's like, it has like a hierarchy to it. Um, oh, I love it. So you can right. Say it. right. But, well, because I can't think of another way to say it. I am, I'm so proud of you. Um, when I saw that you came out, came out on national television yeah. um, and that the song, you know, nice to meet you and, and that you just were standing in your, identity and in your true self and like you're like i'm here and and i was just i was i was so excited so happy for you because you know we talked about before like when last time you were on the podcast you were wrestling with so much stuff but like not quite ready you know yeah, yeah. and for you to like now be like i'm i'm free was just like uh got it it, it felt so good for me as your friend mm -hmm. but like then it made me like, then I had to get like super like protective because I know Christians can be the worst. What? And... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what is, so people, I imagine there are people who reached out to you, mm -hmm. um, who found out on via television. Yeah. What has it been like? I, I know it's been mixed. I know that there's been assholes. Yeah. Um, but what is what's the experience been like for you with interacting with folks who thought they knew you before? Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely been mixed. Um, I would say, you know, I went to New York City and went to like my first like openly out gay event, and I had my publicist and my mom, hmm. and we went to the Stonewall Inn where it all started. 
I met a bunch of, like, beautiful drag queens and, like, all these, like, really well-known people in the gay community. And I just felt so much love. And especially, I think it started with my mom. Like, Mm. she started identifying as an ally that weekend. I was like, who is this? And so, honestly, having my mom show up like that and to be able to show her off, like, we're going to gay clubs. And I'm like, hey, this is my mom. And they're like, what? Oh, my God. And, like, just to watch her love on random people and tell them, you know, you are loved, like, you matter. And um, so that, to me, was, like, so monumental. And I've always known she's loved me. My parents love me. But, like, that's a different level. Yeah. (laughs) And so to have that before, you know, my interview went on TV and people were commenting, like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, my mom has my back. So, like, I don't care. Wow. Um, but, you know, once once things got online, I had, like, over, oh, my God, like, over 600 comments, like, across all social stuff. And I haven't even gotten to read all of them yet, but I know that 95% of them were overwhelming love and support mm. and um people saying they're proud of me and people saying I am you and people saying I needed this and this is going to like save lives, which felt dramatic, but it's really not like, right. Um, so that was like just so overwhelming and so moving to me. Um, that I don't, I don't even think I've like fully felt it yet. Um, and of course there's, you know, I'm so thankful for my team um my day-to-day manager Lexi like she was on my socials like a hawk she was like I got you (laughs) 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 not okay going through my like dms and like getting rid of all the junk and um you know and you know she has a life and she has to go to sleep so the trolls came out at night and wanted to fight and you know at first I was like oh let's go like you don't have to Like, I haven't ended at this point, you know? Um, right. And then I was just like, you know what? It, they actually don't want to understand. They just want to fight. And mm-hmm. actually don't know me, have never met me. And it's this is not a good use of my energy. Yeah. Um, I had some people from my past um, reach out and were very butthurt. And um, they felt like they lost space and... We can talk more about that later, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just some, you know, just some hurt feelings because they didn't behave well and I didn't paint them. I, I was very gracious in the way that I've painted everything. I think too gracious sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know, ego is a hard thing to uh, control. And so, yeah. so yeah, I had it kind of all across the board. I only had one breakdown of like, people are so fucking mean and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, call me an abomination. Julie and I saw that post and I was dying laughing. Oh uh, I had those socks packed, you know, I was ready. Uh, <laughs> but then I was just like, this is like, I, honestly, my prayer, and I don't pray very much anymore, but my prayer for people who are so staunchly like, you're going to go to hell and read Leviticus. And my prayer, 
my new prayer, Corey, is that they have a queer kid. And not for the sake of the kid. And those kids, please come talk to me. I will love you. But, like, those parents need to be faced with something that they can't change, something that directly goes against, like, what they're told, what their pastor tells them to do. Mm -hmm. And it's going to actually force them to think and feel for themselves. Mm. And, like, look your kid in the face and tell them what you just fucking told me. You're not going to yeah. do it because yeah. you actually love your kid. Yeah. And, like, every every gay person, every person is somebody's child. Yeah. And it's like, I don't understand how people forget that. Yeah. Well, you know? well some, some of those folks, you know, I mean, I, I've got some queer friends whose parents are still those parents to them. You know, yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't fortunate enough to have a mom or dad like your mom has been to you and you know i've felt similar that i hope you know i don't and it's actually have this this imagination that um people are going to get to the afterlife and be welcomed by their queer (laughs) friends and you know queer children siblings into the good place yeah. Right? That, that that like they're queer, the people that they absolutely rejected. And it sounds just I mean, you've got an inviv. Does this does this not sound like the entire story of God's interaction with human beings? Is that it's like, oh, you think it's this way, but it's actually the other way. And I'm actually now associating with these group of people that you said had, had no chance of ever being welcome, you know? Yeah. And so I could just I just imagine that that's what it's like, that that like these folks that you thought, man. There's no way that this person is next is godly or like that God cares about them, and they're the ones that have to like decide your fate, right? You know, right? And most of them, if not all of them, uh, tend to be a lot more gracious than their adversaries. That's you know that was something that my mom said um, the first night we were in New York. Um, I think it was I think it was at the Stonewall. And, you know, she was exposed to people she's never seen. And mm. um, my mom's awesome anyway. Like, she would never be like, oh, my God. Like that. But, <laughs> but, you know, she was like, oh, is that, is that a man in a dress? I was like, yes, that's a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, she would meet all these new people that she she never had the chance to meet before and, like, hear some of their stories and um, meet non-binary people and gay people. And the, she walked away from those interactions, and she was just like, oh, like, mm. they just, they have so much love. Like, I believe them. And, mm. and I'm like, yeah. She's like, how are they all so loving? And I'm like, because they've been treated the worst and they've had to create love and create family for themselves because everybody needs that. And so it's actually real when it's offered from that place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, she, I don't know, it was just really fun to, to hear her thoughts. And, like, at one point she was like, that feels like church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know... <laughs> I've been on this journey looking for what I thought church was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And um, I have consistently found it outside of what I thought church was before. 
right? I've consistently found it amongst the most genuine conversations, genuine experiences where people are just being themselves. Yeah. And finding out that human beings, for the most part, are not wretched, evil people, especially, you know, especially like um, those that don't, I guess, sell them, sell their souls to empire disguised mm-hmm. as religion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I do think that like, um, I think that a lot of the folks that showed up in your comments that were being assholes um, are showing up that way because they're afraid. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like they're scared of, they're scared, they're jealous, they're envious because you, um, you stepped into a way of being authentic that they may want to, but are so afraid of like, what that means for their membership in whatever tribe they're in. So yeah. they like they, they don't get to they don't get to and especially like the pastors and leader. I mean, I'm sure you've had as, as many conversations as I have with pastors who like are like, yeah, I don't think y'all are wrong. I just could never sit at my church. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. Um there is this like I don't want to lose this thing and someone like you, who's an artist who people look to and have listened to your music forever, like someone like you coming out to them is like, oh no, we're gonna lose our grip on this thing over here. Yeah. So we gotta react, which is shitty, but it's like, it's what they're up to. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it took me forever to come out, you know, like, I don't know, and I have a lot of guilt, kind of what you were talking about earlier about, you know, some of the beliefs and, like, the, you know, the marches you would have been a part of. Or the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's guilt there, and for me, I have a lot of guilt, uh, which I'm working through, but mm-hmm. of being, like, a straight-passing, white-passing, you know, female pat. like, I'm mm-hmm. passing in all these things that I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's kept me very comfortable and it's made my existence very easy compared to a lot of people mm. in my position, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me feel really shitty about, like, you know, um, not not caring enough about their existence and their reality mm. um, because it's easier for me. And so I live like that for, you know, most of my life. And I, I, that's what I think... You know, the people you're mentioning, I think that's what they're doing. It's like, well, you have a membership because you're straight or you're mm-hmm. whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't want to lose that. And it's like, well, I did that too. And I didn't have the choice. Like, mm-hmm. my body broke down. I was like, we're done. You, <laughs> like, you know, it's like I couldn't do that anymore. But if it doesn't personally affect you, and that's something I'm, like, working through and in my head and heart, like I have a lot of friends who privately would say, I love you and I support you and I trust you, whatever decision you make for your life, Mm. but they'll never publicly say anything or, you know what I mean? And so, and I do think like, you know, we get to different levels of, of, um, support or, you know, allyship or whatever, we, we grow into those levels, I think, but 
And and I think I'm comfortable with certain things at certain points. And I'm learning, yeah. okay, what do I need now from the people in my life now? Um, mm. But all that to say, I, I do think it's a process and you have to be willing to lose the old life to get a new life. You know, yeah. that's really something that you care about. Yeah. Well, as you look back now, um, in retrospect at like, you know, I guess imagining being on a stage at a church or at a conference or whatever, and you're, you're leading worship, like, do you, can you sort of see the person you are now, like, like kind of trapped in there? You know what I mean? Like, were you, were you as who you are now looking out at this crowd going, I wish I could be free? Or like, do you look back and go like, I, I didn't even realize that all this was here? I think both. Because okay. um, I would always daydream about, you know, since I was three, I was like, I'm going to marry a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, you never know what your kids are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you <don't know. laughs> three? What? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I always knew, like, I'm in here. Mm. But it was like, there's no way. Like, there's no possible way being a pastor's kid, working at churches my whole life, like, and then these opportunities in the Christian world keep opening. Like, there's no way. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I was depressed most of my life, and I think some of it's brain chemistry. I think a lot of it is that. Like, I mm. felt like I couldn't be who I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of my process was just working out what do I think, uh, what do I believe, what's true. And then how do I start living into that without blowing up my life Mm. in the meantime? So it was just, it was just a lot, but I think I've always kind of known, um, I've always had that intuition and I just didn't know how to get there. You know, Mm. So that's, that's also why I decided to come out so publicly is because there's not a lot of people in the worship space or who have been in the worship space who identify like I do. Well, that's not true. There's a lot, but there's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all yeah. are doing stuff on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Going to sing God's praises on Sunday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like you can you can still do that and you can actually not hide and pretend you know mm-hmm. like you're actually just as loved and like you're just not doing yourself any favors by living two different lives you know um, well, what cha- what changed for you what what like what is it that like took you from this i've got a lot to lose yeah um to you know what it's i'm i feel what i'm gathering is that if I lose, I'd rather lose like being my authentic self, you know, versus trying to keep up this facade in order to have this whatever over here. Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot of different things. The first one was, like I said, my body just, I started having debilitating panic attacks that, Mm. and I never had that before. I was never really anxious before. Mm. And it was just like, my nervous system was freaking out. Ended up in the ER a couple times, and I'm just like, what is going on? Hmm. Um, so I started going to therapy and realizing that 
I was very split. Like, there was the me that goes to sleep at night and has these thoughts and feelings. And then there's the me that's public and presents. And they're both authentic to a degree, but they were not cohesive at all. Mm. They're very separate. And so, and that's how I survived, you know? Um, So, yeah, I learned to, like, kind of become more autonomous and, like, I realized that thoughts and feelings aren't bad and that you actually can trust yourself and actually the body that you were given, Mm. you were given by God for a reason and you're supposed to live inside of it, not outside of it. And so Mm. once I started learning all of that, I'm like, okay, so maybe, maybe I was born the way God wanted me to be born. Mm. And maybe I'm also made in their image and, Mm You know, all of that, all those things had to kind of come together for me. And then, honestly, I I met somebody, and I felt love, and I felt connection, and I felt the possibility of building life with somebody. Mm. And I'm a romantic, and I've always wanted a relationship. I always want to find my person. And, and so I was like, oh, I can do that. And, Mm. you know, she was wonderful and, like, all the things that I wanted. And I was like, okay, well, that's worth it. Like, it's worth being loved and experiencing that more than working at a church, more than, you know, like. um, And so, yeah, it it was a slow burn, but, like, you know, it slowly gave me courage to, like, choose myself and Mm. listen to myself for the first time, really. And, um, yeah, I think mm. therapy, panic attacks, <laughs> and, uh, finding somebody. <laughs> well, so you were, you know, you've been a uh, Christian artist and toured with Christian artists and all those sorts of things. What is your relationship now with Christianity? You know, um, I mean, how, how do you process all of that like what what are your thoughts and beliefs and you know where do you find yourself now uh, <laughs> I have yeah it's it's all over the place I um I think I've always felt you know I I was in church since I was four years old like mm. four Same. days a week <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I was a church kid um so I yeah inundated absolutely to the max and but I've always kind of felt like there's some there's something here that's real to me there's something here that feels good and then there's just like a lot of stuff that I was like I don't know um so I've always kind of had that feeling and then as I've gotten older you know I could put more language to it and like well why do we treat those people like that or why mm. is that sin bring you to hell but not that <laughs> Also, why would God create us and then put us in hell? (laughs) All you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah, it just kind of all was snowballing, and then honestly, when 2020 hit and George Floyd was killed, Mm. and the well, even before that, when Trump was (laughs) Trump, just period. Yeah. Um, and to see evangelicals just flock to him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) 
The Apprentice? <laughs> That's the man of God? So, yeah, it was just, like, all of that. And then, you know, I come from New York. Like, I am 75% Puerto Rican. I look very white. My family, you know, I have black brothers and, like, black family. And I just, those are my people. I care deeply about what affects minorities. I am a minority, even though I don't get treated like one. And so to see, like, how horrendous everybody was, especially Christians, when um, when black people start talking about, like, experience and, like, this is how I'm treated. This is how... I, I feel, and this is how it feels to be in my body. And, like, to read responses or hear things, I was just like, I am done with this bullshit. Like, mm. I don't even want this title connected to me in any way. Like, this is so far from the heart of God. Like, it made me so angry. And, yeah, um, yeah and I was just like, that's that was, like, my final straw. I'm like, I'm so done. I don't want anything yeah. to do with this. Um, and it just, it broke my heart. It still does. Like, I can't talk about it very much, but it's like, yeah. um, it's just so far from what it's supposed to be. And I just don't understand how a group of people who claim to know God, like choose to consistently show up in the world with nothing but judgment and hate and a hard heart. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. It's, it's. It just keeps happening. And like this week, like to not be able to empathize with people that you, you don't understand. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, and not to mention the, like, you know, my, my, um, worldview is, um, changing some in that I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to think more about what could be in the world versus, just spending so much of my time attacking what is. Yeah. Um, while I do know that there's a lot that is, it has to be torn down before we can build new. So I'm still going to name the things that are that are harmful. And one of those things to me is the, um, the lack of thought, I think, that I hear from Christianity and, and evangelicals in America. Like when you were talking a few minutes ago about going to church since you were four years old, I thought, yeah, I was going to church since I was in the womb. And then I thought, they don't actually count those numbers. Like if if you got if you got 14 pregnant women in your church, you don't count the the, the child in the womb well, as, an, as an attendee, right? But like but like all of the inconsistencies around the before I formed you in the womb and all of that stuff that like Christians will have, but yet at the same time, yeah. many of the folks saying that are on birth control. Or they uh, they wear protection. Uh-huh. They um, engage in self care, and like in all of these ways, there that all everything I just described is before I formed you in the womb, and uh-huh. it's a is is a potential life that is that is that is not does not have an opportunity to come into the world. But yet, like we will use that before and, and and act like it like covers everything, covers all the basis and answers all the questions when it doesn't at all. And this is like the real frustration I have with um, seeing, as you talked about, like the things that back in the day I would have marched for, I, w- I was praying for. Yeah. 
Like I was praying for the day that mm -hmm. America turned to Christian values. Now looking back, it's like, oh no, I was praying for the day that America would turn to conservative values, right. not Christian. Yeah. Oh yeah, just conservative. Yeah, because that's what our pastors told us to do. But yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I did not know how much I was being conditioned for sure. to be conservative, mm -hmm. to uphold conservative American values, to disregard America's um, atrocities across the world, the the ways we've murdered and pillaged areas of the world, but because we're the good guys mm -hmm. and because we're God's chosen people, it's all good, reinforced by some of the stories in the Bible of, of genocides that were like endorsed by God because they were the good guys. So it's like, oh, it's all good. Oh, yeah, you, you can, you know, they threw babies against the rocks and killed them and annihilated entire, like, you know, civilizations. But that's because God told them to, and it's all good, because, you know, God was on their side. <laughs> Next total <sense. laughs> That's the thing. Like, when things started, like, unraveling for me, it was following one, like, string of thought all the way through never made sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no matter what issue you pick or, like, rules or who's in and out or, like, and honestly, at this point, I'm just so tired, and I can't even argue anymore. Just, oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know that arguing is, like, is, is necessarily fruitful. Um, no. Because, you know, I, I have people show up in my DMs, like, especially, you know, when Roe v. Wade stuff happened. I don't even really know some of these people that show up in my DMs. I might have met them once or twice. But yeah. they feel like they have this permission to just like blow up my inbox with with these long ass messages so i you know shared some stuff about you know lamenting the roe v wade you know, overturning that that the supreme court did and you know these christians show up and have an expectation of me that like i like you should be this way because of this and then go so far as to tell me about the black community dude with the amount of of black people that that, and they're uh, white, right? They're white, yeah. White people telling me about how, like, I, I'm surprised you as a black Christian wouldn't yada, yada, yada. I'm like, dude, like, I'm not going to, like, that is evidence to me that you and I don't need to have a conversation. No. Right? Like, you know, if you would come to me asking questions, and one one person um, came in my inbox and was like, I'm just confused by this stuff that I see. And I, I, I only responded back and said, you know, when I'm confused, I usually ask questions. That's Man. what I'm saying. I was so, <laughs> like, that was the over one overwhelming like feeling I had when I came out, and I had said, you know, I I did a lot of research, a lot of studying, a lot of learning, and the amount of people who were like, "Can you tell me what you learned?" and "Can you tell me who?" and I'm like, <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, don't be lazy if you genuinely are curious. If you actually care, go on your computer exactly and type. Yep. And do the work for yourself. I'm not doing the work for anybody else anymore. Yeah. And you can say, "Oh, it's because you don't have an answer." It's like that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like the amount of like resources we have at our fingertips, and we know that. And like people getting in my DMs and like, "Hey, um, I used to serve with you at this church." Here's my phone number. I just want to ask you questions about how you got to where you are. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, you think that I owe you that? <laughs> I'm so sorry, what? People are wild. Yeah, I mean it's and I, I'm always I'm always like, okay, where do these people go to church? And do I know their do I know their pastors, right? Like where where how is it that every Sunday people are sitting in spaces that are supposed to make them more godlike? Mm-hmm. And here we have 2016 happen, and then 2020 with George Floyd, and and then now the Roe v. Wade, and like how, and and then Clarence Thomas coming out basically saying, you know, we're coming, we're coming after more. We're we're, we're going to revisit, you know, gay marriage, and, and it's like, you know, how is it that you've been going to church all this time, and and these things don't like, there's there's no compassion that shows up, like that it's. That, that you don't know how to have a conversation with someone who's not like you, that you don't like, that you feel like it's your job to dominate and not love. I don't quite understand. What, where are you going to church and what are, what are, what are we teaching in church if yeah. this is the response that Christians have? Yeah, it kind of like, it makes me think, oh, if that's your approach, if you feel a need to double down and defend your God, then like your God's not very strong. Like, your God's not as big as you think. Mm-hmm. Because I think, all right, if, if, if God made all of creation, he made every person in, in, in their image, then, like, I think that God will take responsibility for his creation. Mm-hmm. And I think God allowed the world to be what it is. And I read Revelation very different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's no creation thrown to fire. Like, actually, the lake of fire was an old, like, Jewish ideology. It was never, like, read your Bible, you know? <laughs> like, if God is really that good and that big and that strong, like, he doesn't need you on Facebook fighting his battle, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is an interesting thing to think about how much, um, how angry and defensive and the projection that that's God, that, that doesn't sound like a God at all. It's not like a human. Like there has, if, if, and I will say if, you know, and I know people, you know, like think it's like anti God to say if, but if there is a being out there, um, that being has to be better than male or female Mm -hmm. or human Mm-hmm. or vindictive and angry and full of judgment and spiteful, like that just can't, like, we're screwed if that's what God is. Uh-huh, yeah. Because at any given moment, like, a, a being like that could just turn on you and be like, you know what, everyone's going to burn in a lake of fire. <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I, I just, that's just what I feel like today. Like, right. that just can't be, it can't yeah. be that. I don't know. I'm like, maybe we just don't wake up. You know? Maybe that's fine. And that's why, and dude, that's why art and love yeah. and music are so valuable because they're here right now and they give us a moment to transcend, transcend all of this shit and just to like, when you hear a great song, like, you know, which is, which is why I appreciate your music. You know, like it, it gives me an opportunity to like, to just be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, when you 
do fall in love or or you know begin to be in another person's care and they and they in your care in that kind of partnership it just it's it's just beautiful beyond what happens when i die it makes you go i don't actually care because this right here is bliss yes yes and that message was never i never heard that in church it was always like Let's burn up the earth because we're just going to go to heaven anyway. Like, we're just getting through. Like, all these trials and tribulations to get to heaven. It's like, I have to just, like, slum it through 90 years of life. And then one day I'll go to heaven. Like, sounds awful. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to, like, the the journey you're on. And, and like, how, and, and it's, I think it's super dope that you have the outlet of, of music for it, you know, that like you have the ability to not only process this stuff for yourself, but also like, you know, the thousands of people that like will so resonate with the story behind the music. And I always, I mean, you know, I think whether you're conscious of it or not, I think, I think that the artist intent, it hits you, you know, mm-hmm. even if, even the folks are just like, I just listen to I just listen to it because I like the beat or the melody. Yeah. No, I think the artist, the artist is in there. Yeah. In that music. Yeah. I so, so. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, man. And and, and I, I think, so is there, um, before we go, is there like um, a project or song or something that like you're working on or have worked on that like feels right now the most meaningful to you? What's cool is like the thing that I've been working on I think I started in February. Um, yeah, it was me and my producer, Philip Towns, who's just a beast. Mm. Um, we made everything. We made all of these songs together, just the two of us. And um, wow. and that feels really cool. Um, and I got to co-produce on some of it. And um, it's just like homemade songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I do a lot of TV film stuff where it's, you know, very polished, very ready for like broadcast and all that. And that has its place, but I like, you know, playing with the sound or like um, figuring out, you know, what is what exactly is like communicating the feeling of this song or like mm-hmm. it needs to feel more angry or it needs to feel more like whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. That's been really fun. And there's a lot of intent and, um, heart in, in this record. Um, so yeah, I'm really proud of the first two songs that came out and I feel like they sound like me. Um, mm-hmm. kind of going back to some of those like R&B soul roots mm-hmm. and exploring with that more, um, like that's what I was raised on. And so to kind of go back and like find myself within it is, it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Phil is like the king of soul, so it's it's been <laughs> really fun to to play around musically with him. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited for everybody to hear more of those songs as they roll out. Yeah, um, it will all be one thing, which I'm excited about. Um, but yeah, it's it's essentially my like journey of self acceptance and mm. deconstruction, even though. That word's old at this point. <laughs> um, like, what's wrong with the church? Why I hate this? Why I'm like done? And then 
Also, I'm gay, so there's my record. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's a really sacred journey. I do. I think that, like, when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, man, it's just so sacred. It's uh, beautiful. It's just like, you know, the textures, the sounds, the the art for the cover. Everything just feels very intentional and sacred and big. Um, feels like a a welcome to um, something beautiful. I think. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to to hearing more and more and more and more. And then like when you get the Grammy, like if you could just like if you could just like. Um, you know, thank at some point if I hear a thank you to Corey, like, <laughs> even though I did, I had nothing to do with the Grammy, nothing to do with any of it, but like just because I'm talking about you get the Grammy now, I'm kind of manifesting it. Well, so, right. so like, so to all of you, even if you don't name, name me, just say to all of you who helped manifest this Grammy, oh. I'll be watching and I'll be like, okay, yeah, Corey. Yeah. Corey. yeah, and then you also have to like, you know, you got a middle finger of the voice too once you win the Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God. <laughs> uh, All right, thanks, Nicole. I really appreciate you, and uh, I'm like, we don't have to do a podcast every time, but I just like talking to you. I like your brain. I like your heart. Yeah, I like. I mean, for sure, the same. I mean, I know you're busy though, so. But whenever I get time to talk to you, I'm like always like, I'm always down. Yeah, you guys are in San Francisco or San Diego. San Francisco. Oh. I need to come visit. You do need to come visit. Well, when you know when you can move to LA, you can like yeah, right. right. Uh, when I lose all of my rights, pretty soon. <laughs> exactly. Once, Cheers. Once, once they start handing out like red dresses and white caps <laughs> in Nashville, you know, and, and, and you're like, what? Are, they would, start... Yeah, I think I would be a handmaid. <laughs> <laughs> once just they start calling you by like the man of the house, you know. Oh, yeah. When that happens, and and we in California, you you'll be able to come here. We'll, okay, we'll, great. Yeah, we'll shelter you. Like we'll like put you under the floorboards of our house, and God, damn. you know, I'm going to Canada. I'm <laughs> <sighs> All right, let me close out the podcast now, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing for a better world with us, one conversation at a time. Thank you.